Hello, everybody. It's Sean Harwell. This is the Never Heard of It podcast, the show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and hopefully some of yours. Joined again today by the co-champion of love and Labor Day, Craig Moorhead. How are you, sir? Uh, Sean, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing better than last time. And last time I was doing better than the last time. Man. So by the end of the year, you're just going to be out of control. Just pure perfection. (laughs) Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I, um, you know, just still feel like I'm getting back into the swing of the school year for the kid and and mm. life and all it has to offer. Man, there's a lot. There's a lot to offer. Yes, there is. Especially movies like the one we're going to talk about today, which I'm excited about. But first, do you want to tell the people where they can find us online, sir? Absolutely. Here's what you're going to do. You can go online. You go to neverheardpodcast.com, which is our website, kind of our HQ mm-hmm. on the old internet. And uh, there you're going to find every episode we've ever done, write-ups on a lot of the longer episodes that we've done. Uh, from there, I think you can jump to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, all places that you'll find us, and you can get in touch with us if if you need to. If you, uh, 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 you know, maybe you need help on your taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little late in the year, but you better do it sooner than later. Yeah, you still got to um, do it even if it's late. I know. Yeah, you don't don't put it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask Willie Nelson, right? Sure. Actually, I don't know. Does he have a tax problem? <laughs> maybe he did. Yeah. I, I can't Wesley remember. Wesley Snipes, maybe? I don't Wesley know. Yeah, Snipes. other people we could ask. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Oof. Bing Bing fan. But, you know, yeah. some, some guy's always trying to skate uphill. Yeah. Sean, so. But, uh. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, and on iTunes for sure, and maybe the other two platforms, I'm not familiar with them quite as quite as much, but on iTunes, you can definitely definitely leave reviews and uh, and uh, or just you know those five star. you can only do five star by the way. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but if you could also subscribe if you're not already, that really helps people find our podcast. Yes, appreciate it as always, and hope everybody enjoyed last week's full dive into the 1942 film, I Married a Witch. Just wanted to point out once again that the idea of these bad marriage movies was Craig's, and Mm -hmm. uh, we got another one today. We're going to talk about a film from 1958 called I Married a Monster from Outer Space. How can you not love that title? Um... I think we've all wanted to marry a monster from outer space, so I'm expecting a real wish fulfillment kind of film. And uh, let's uh, maybe do a quick synopsis from IMDb, see what we're getting into a little bit, and then you can tell us who made the thing, yeah? Oh, I will. I know you will. Aliens arrive on Earth to possess the bodies of humans. Of course they do. Why, what, what else would they be doing? Yeah. One of their first victims is a young man whose new wife soon realizes... Something is wrong with him. Spoiler, he's an alien. Oh, man. I know, it's in the title. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm psyched. I think this movie is actually floating around on YouTube for free. And uh, yeah, we're going to find it and watch it. And uh, right now, let's find out who made it. Let's do that. So if you're looking for I Married a a Monster from Outer Space from 1958, uh, well, once you found it, you'll find out that these are the people who made it. Yeah, yeah especially when you see the credits, right? 
Oh, man, those credits are going to just lay it out for you. <laughs> All the cards are on the table tonight, Sean, and mm. I Married a Monster from Outer Space was directed by Gene Fowler Jr., who, uh, he directed a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... More notably, he was an editor on It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Yeah, how about that, huh? Uh, and Hang 'em High, and, and a number of other things. He seemed to be quite quite the in-demand director, uh, rather, quite the in-demand <laughs> editor. Yeah. And directed a, a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. um, it looks like. So, so uh, moving on, the movie was written by Louis Vittis. I'm going to say Vittis because it's kind of spelled like Giddis. Jake is in Gittis. Chinatown. Yeah. So I'm calling him Vitus. Louis Vitus uh, also wrote for the Wild Wild West TV show, am- amongst uh, many others. A lot of TV talent, by the way, in this whole rundown. Yeah. Um, it was also produced by Gene Fowler Jr., uh, who also produced a movie called The Senator Was Indiscreet. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, right now, that doesn't really narrow it down to anybody, does it? It really doesn't. Yeah. That could be any senator any, at all. Any of them. All, all of you're gonna, them. You're going to be, you're gonna be yeah, glued to that, that show until you find out which senator it was at the <laughs> end. Uh, the DP... Yeah, yeah, it was definitely... I don't know. <laughs> DP... <laughs> the DP was Haskell B. Boggs. Uh, Haskell shot a lot of TV as well. Little House on the Prairie. Bonanza, so much Western and, and Wild West type stuff on TV back then, I kind of love. Um, also did a number of uh, Jerry Lewis movies, like Cinderfella. Oh, nice. Cinderfella, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also shot a movie called Shortcut to Hell, Ooh. which I am very interested in now. Great title. Having found that title, that's right. Film editing by George Tomasini. And I'm just going to say right now, George Tomasini probably has the... Uh, most uh, prestigious pedigree of any of these uh, of any of the talent behind the camera here. George Tomasini edited North by Northwest. Wow. Vertigo, Marnie, The Birds, Cape Fear, Psycho, Rear Window. Holy cow. To name a few. Didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, kind of Hitchcock's guy, I guess. Yeah. Some kind of man, that's a that's an interesting jump. I mean or is they it? It might not be. Him. We don't know. We haven't seen it, right? That's right. That's right. This could be just uh, the, you know, Hitchcock light or something. and Nobody knows and, it. And maybe it is. Maybe Hitchcock is actually Gene Fowler Jr. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to blow this wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cast-wise, because we always have some willing actors. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to, yeah. Yeah. Or unwilling. Or unwilling. We've got Tom Tryon playing Bill Farrell. Now, Tom, you would have seen in Johnny Got His Gun and Color Me Dead, mm. among other movies. Gloria Talbot, who uh, plays Marge Bradley Farrell, possibly Farrell, but I think Farrell. Well, she was in All That Heaven Allows and also in The Leech Woman. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Seems like two two ends of a spectrum there. Uh, Peter Baldwin, Officer Hank Swanson. That's who he plays. <laughs> Hank. Did you look at his now, uh, his page? Oh boy, did I? Yeah, it's interesting. 
Peter Baldwin was in The Space Children, which I kind of want to see. Shortcut to Hell. Oh, nice. Yeah, Stalag 17, amongst others. But then he also made a, 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 a jump to directing. Yeah. And and uh, for, he directed uh, many episodes of The Wonder Years, for instance. I think he so won an Emmy, even. Won an mm-hmm. Emmy. I didn't. I didn't check that out. But yes, I believe it. He was. He seemed very busy. Mm-hmm. That young man. Uh, you got Robert Ivers playing uh, Harry Phillips. He's also from Shortcut to Hell. He's also uh, in the Untouchables TV show. You've got Chuck Wassel playing Ted Hanks. That's the second Hank in Chuck the Wassel. in the movie. I think in 1958 you had to have at least three Hanks. Yeah somewhere figured out Mm -hmm. Uh, he was in the Maverick TV show Charlie's Angels TV show did an episode of Remington Steel in the 80s kind of classy guy Uh, James Anderson James Anderson uh, plays Weldon in this movie he played Bob Ewell in To Kill a Mockingbird Huh? that was interesting Uh, now those were the most recognizable names I had in the cast after that, there was a roster of 10 actors that were uncredited. Again, what's the deal? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, one of them even has the name Caroline Hanks. I'm assuming Ted Hanks' wife or r- relative, but uncredited. So, hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm outraged about this, but I'm going to keep it tamped down right now so that I can listen to you talk about kind of the intrigue going on on the set question is are any of those related to tom hanks Ooh, what if tom hanks is actually a fictional character hmm something to think about well he would have worked in the 50s yeah uh i want to point out one thing and that is that uh gene fowler jr also directed a movie called i was a teenage werewolf which mm-hmm. I, I saw that movie mentioned a lot kind of just in discussion of, of this movie. So I don't know. I would assume it was at least somewhat successful. I mean, you got teenagers well, and the, werewolves. Why wouldn't it be, right? That's the Michael Landon one, isn't it? Oh, maybe it that, is. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, you might be thing. right now that you mentioned that. I just closed that page so I can't. I'll never see. Um, but anyway, Gene Fowler Jr., uh, let's talk about Gene Fowler Sr. for a second, if we will. Uh, he, his father was a writer, journalist for the Denver Post and the New York Daily Mirror at times. Also has a, uh, a, a litany of books that had interesting subjects like Denver in the 1800s and things like that uh, right. on his Wikipedia page. Also a screenwriter of some sort, although I didn't quite recognize any of the titles. But uh, it also, his dad apparently was was a good friend of John Barrymore and W.C. Fields. And uh, there was a whole anecdote about him being in the hospital uh, with Barrymore when Barrymore died and all this stuff. I don't know, just these weird connections, you know, in old, old Hollywood. But Mm -hmm. um, not a ton on the making of this movie, sadly, although maybe you might expect that for uh, a B-film, like it sounds like we're getting with this one. But uh, Jane Fowler... (laughs) Gene Fowler Jr. and Louis Vittis. Mm-hmm. You say Louis or Louis? Where'd you come? Where'd you land on that? Well, I said Louis. Okay, let's I go always think Louis. of it as Louis, but yeah, yeah, it could yeah be Louis. Louis. It's probably Louis. Louis Vittis. Okay. 
um, yeah, they had they had done television together. They had had some success together, I think. And so um, it, it said on the Wikipedia page that when they came to make this movie, they were granted some creative freedom, although Vitas was notoriously resistant to change uh, things in his screenplay, which was also said to annoy the actors in the film. Uh, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes actors... Sometimes they have bad ideas, folks. Um, Sometimes. Yeah, maybe that he had a good reason he didn't want to change it. They shot the film uh, from April 21st, and then they ended in early May, it said. I don't have an exact date, but in 1958. They filmed in uh, the Malibu Lake region in Los Angeles, Griffith Observatory, Paramount Studios, and several other places in that area. And you want to guess how much this, this film cost to make? Wow. You have actual numbers from the from the time. I have period? an estimate for the budget. Yeah, for this one actually. Okay, I'm gonna put this budget at one hundred thousand uh, dollars. Not not too far off. One hundred seventy-five. Ooh. Yeah. We'll so see that what that cheap. what that can buy you in 1958. Uh, yeah, I guess I would. Yeah, the movie came amount. out September 15th that year, at least in Los Angeles. It apparently played in Sweden, and was known as Flicken och Monstret. Very nice. Thank you. The girl and the monster. A couple taglines for you. Is it possible? Is it true? Can humans mate with monsters? I'm sure they can. Of course they can. Humans are monsters. Yeah. Mitch McConnell, right? Mitch McConnell, Uh, bring it all back. (laughs) Tagline number two. Shuddery things from beyond the stars here to breed with human women. Aww. I mean, if that doesn't get you in your seat, nothing will. Can I just say something? Sure. Why can't any of the aliens be women that are coming looking for dudes? Or, yeah, dudes looking for dudes. Hey, right. exactly, yeah. dude. Very woke. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, box office, well enough, you know, they had the budget. They did. I didn't find a, a real box office number, but... Uh, Wikipedia said it was a hit. Uh, I don't know who wrote the page, but uh, you know, I'll, we'll take their word for it. Uh, this was definitely a drive-in movie, though. And mm-hmm. at one point, interestingly enough, it was slated to be on a double feature with The Blob and be the A pitcher. However, it turns out people really liked The Blob, and so it got flipped. Um, yep. Which I don't know if that means it played first or second. Yeah, what's the headliner? Yeah, because if the kids show up early, but then you know the teenagers come a little later, or stay later. I don't know. Let's we'll look into yeah. that. Um, top ten in 1958: South Pacific, Auntie Mame, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, No Time for Sergeants, Gigi, The Vikings, The Young Lions, The End of the Sixth Happiness, Some Came Running, and The Big Country. I. Uh, Man, I don't think I've seen a single one of those movies. No, some of them sound really familiar, but some of them do. And then I, I mean, say. you know, there's some obvious ones, but then also like, what is No Time for Sergeants? What is The Vikings? I want to see that. Young Lions, End of Six yeah. Happiness. I was like, there's some good titles here. I want to. There's some really good. Yeah, titles. we may have to do some digging into 1958. A uh, couple other flicks from that year. Most of these I have heard of, although we'll see how many I've seen. Uh, Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Bell, Book, and Candle, which we mentioned in the last tee-up. The Black Orchid, The Crybaby Killer, which was a Roger Corman flick supposedly uh, 
with Jack Nicholson in there somewhere making his debut as an actor. The Defiant mm-hmm. Ones, you've got Dracula with Christopher Lee. Dunkirk, as in 1958's Dunkirk. Right. The Fly, as in 1958's The Fly with Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurosawa's The Hidden Fortress. The Long Hot Summer. Jacques Tati's Mon Oncle. The Old Man in the Sea, The Quiet American. Revenge of the Fly, both in the same year. Wow. Uh, Run Silent, Run Deep, which I have seen in a submarine movie uh, that Robert Wise directed with Clark Gable and um, maybe Montgomery Cliff. I can't remember. That That's a pretty awesome yeah. movie. I, saw, I remember seeing that in film school. Uh, you also got The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, The Amazing Touch of Evil, and Vertigo. Yep. Which, kind of surprised Vertigo wasn't in the top 10 that year. Yeah. You would think it would be. Was not. Um, so definitely some, yeah, some really awesome movies there. And then seems like there's a lot of there's a healthy uh, b movie appetite that year you know yeah all good um not terrible reviews for this movie i was happy to see variety said gene fowler's junior's direction while sometimes slow latches onto mounting suspense as action moves to a climax he gets the benefit of outstanding photographic effects from john p fulton which aid in maintaining interest Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Milne of Time Out magazine, which I'm assuming this was written much more recently, wrote that the film has, quote, good performances, strikingly moody camera work, and a genuinely exciting climax. Even Leonard Malton, our friend Leonard Malton, wrote that the film is, quote, a pretty good little rehash of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with some nice, creepy moments. I think he gave it three stars. Nice. Yeah, not terrible. Uh, would you like to guess how many uh, Oscar nominations this movie got? Uh, probably 12. Uh, well, subtract 12 and you'd be right. So it got zero. Oh, hmm. Uh, but Oscars that year did go to, uh, Gigi was a big, big winner there. Got best picture and directing for Vincent Minnelli. David Niven won best actor for separate tables. Susan Hayward, best actress for I Want to Live! Exclamation point. Yes. Have you seen that or do you know that title? No, I've not seen it, but it, it was, uh, from, uh, last week's, uh, I Married a Witch. It was, who was Susan Hayward? Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to live. Jeez. No kidding. Okay. Um, I feel like that's a, you know, as far as titles go, it's kind of pretty universal, right? Yeah. Put it right out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bro Ives and Wendy Hiller won supporting actor Oscars for The Big Country and Separate Tables, respectively, and Mon Oncle won Best Foreign Language Film. Craig, you mentioned Gloria Talbot. She's one of the lead actresses in this movie. Mm-hmm. I discovered that her grandfather supposedly uh, co-founded the city of Glendale, California. Wow. Right out there in L.A. near Pasadena. Was his name Glenn? I don't know. That's a good question. Glenn mm-hmm. Talbot, maybe. 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 Maybe it was Dale. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It said he co-founded, so maybe the other guy's name was Glenn. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Ty Harden. Another actor you mentioned, Craig. Mm-hmm. Well, I looked at his IMDb page and found some interesting stuff there beyond his credits. Uh, after his acting, I'm just going to read straight. After his acting career faded away, Ty Harden became a self-proclaimed, quote, freedom fighter in the 1970s and led a radical right-wing group called the Arizona Patriots, an anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-black group with a penchant for stockpiling weapons and baiting public officials. After a mid-70s dispute with the IRS, Hardin opened a 
tax protest school called the Common Law Institute, which featured such materials as a Patriot Handbook containing tested cases and methods to maintain good personal freedom. In 1983 and 1984, he edited the Arizona Patriot, a monthly publication that consisted of diatribes against government officials, calls for Christian patriots to band together, and reprints of articles from other anti-Semitic publications. In 1986, following a two-year FBI undercover investigation, agents from the FBI and ATF raided an Arizona Patriot camp and confiscated a horde of illegal weapons and publications from Aryan Nation groups and affiliates. Hardin left Arizona, and the group soon ceased to function until 2016, when all these groups went crazy. I don't know, but uh, 1970. So fun times. Ty Harden. Let's look. I think he maybe even takes his shirt off in this movie, Craig. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah. So that's that. That's all I got. Again, I'm excited to check this out. Really, no clue what I'm getting into other than the obvious title. Just thought it might be a fun one-two punch here with "I Married a Witch." and uh, do some some B-movie action, which we haven't done a ton of. Uh, again, I think it's on YouTube. I'm sure there's a DVD floating around somewhere. If not, uh, watch it with us, and uh, maybe watch it with your spouse. So maybe you, you'll learn something. Yep. Uh, Craig, anything else? Any last words for tonight, sir? Um, if you're going to marry somebody from outer space, okay. just make sure they're not a monster. Yeah, you got to do That's this. where I feel like yeah. that story's going. Background checks. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll do that and we'll talk next time.